Hello everyone! <laughs> Whoops, wrong language. <laughs> Turn off your intercom system. <laughs> Wait for the intro. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Hello everyone, this is Kaleidoscope. I am the host of Camp Glitch DID System, and this is our first official episode in which we are going to be finishing our interview with our trauma holder Blade. So if you're coming from TikTok, welcome. We've already done part of this interview. If you wanna check out our TikTok, it is called Camp Glitch. In one of the videos, I had asked Blade, well, what do you do while you're awake in the inner world? And he had said that he thinks it should be another video. And I suggested, well, why don't we talk about that today on our podcast and kind of get an idea of what it's like to be inner world. This is Duras uh, with my translator on. So our inner world is to us a completely full open world in which we live complete and full lives, eat, sleep, have jobs. It is not imagination. We all have an, our own imagination in which we can create, literally draw, paint, dance in our inner world, and use our imagination actively within the space that is constant. It doesn't change unless we change it like cutting down a tree or building a house with our own two hands. Shamrock, it to me is a completely alternate reality it feels exactly the same level of realistic as out here. Shamrock. In our first episode, Durahas, who is, we kind of still do consider him a gatekeeper, but he's not the official gatekeeper. And I mean that in the way that he knows what altars need to be front, which ones front well together. He's, he has a lot of the information that a gatekeeper needs, um, but his abilities are that of everyone else in my system versus me, Shamrock, who recently came to the realization that I actually control switches. I can feel everyone in my system. I get projected thoughts from them. And it's a learning process for me because just because I'm gatekeeper does not mean that I know what I'm doing. So Durahas has been teaching me different alter names who works well together. What kinds of roles do people have? Shamrock over. Hello everyone, this is R2. I am going to talk a little bit about how this communication is working. So in our inner world, we actually have a intercom system, which I created and invented. All the way from creating the wires to connecting all of the technology together and coding it into our home so we have three main buildings we have a mansion we have a thicket cottage and we have also the white house which some people call the white cottage and in these locations we have the intercom system where you can press a button and you can talk and it will go to any of the homes but if you need to you can also set it so that it goes directly to a specific location we also have walkie talkies and they can take their walkie-talkie and go out into the fields or they can go out into the forests and they can have some alone time. They can turn on the audio or off the audio. This allows us to stay in contact with each other. Our two over. Shamrock. So I had absolutely no idea that this <laughs> was happening. 
It's been very confusing because I would hear randomly accents come through, right? And you heard some of those in the first episode. And then suddenly, for some reason, all of the accents would be gone. And I would hear the same alter saying their names, but their voices sound completely different. Shamrock over. Blade. I really do feel like it's just this intertom system that translates for us and uses this Siri-like voice to make it so that all of our voices sound similar. Blade over. Hi, everybody. This is Glow. Um, because we have the three, three languages in our inner world. So we have three settings on our um, intercom system. And they do work a little bit differently. So if you speak in Fey, the voice does sound a little different versus the voice that's used for demon versus the voice that's used for angelic. Which, by the way, I know we say demon uh, interchangeably with shadow, but we say demon just because they have black horns. Blade. Yeah. And also because we have a religious background. So us trauma holders, I think we ended up with visuals that kind of are what a child would think maybe like what a demon would be like because of the nature of our trauma. We no longer were seen like we were like, oh, we're going to hell, you know, because of the things that happened when we were children. And so our inner world cells kind of reflect that. We're not actually I'm not actually a demon demon, you know, like I don't go around possessing people or wanting to hurt anyone. Yeah, yeah, blade over. This is Glow. As of right now, which I'm totally going to ask Gatekeeper to switch me forward whilst I'm in the middle of talking in just a second. Don't do it yet. Um, but currently I'm speaking in Fey into the intercom and it's coming out sounding like this, but this is not at all what my voice actually sounds like. And right about now, if you could switch me forward, and I'm just going to keep talking. Okay, and so now I'm back um, behind into the intercom. So if he fronts us whilst we're in the middle of talking, <laughs> then it will come out in the language that we're speaking in. And then you also heard me, Durahas, talk to her because uh as well i um i got fronted with her i guess <laughs> Ross, over shamrock yeah sorry about that Dura. so i have noticed as well and this is something i had struggled with a long time ago too is we have some altars that hang out with each other and if i front one of them or I want one of them I might accidentally front both of them if they're right next to each other um, this happened a lot with Emmett and our little one they were around each other all the time and so they'd be like hey I really want to talk to Emmett or I need Emmett to front and so I tried to front Emmett without even realizing that I was actually the one doing the fronting but here comes this tiny little voice and I'm like that's clearly not Emmett <laughs> and I'm like Where's Emmett? All right, I also have found that this happens because Emmett doesn't have a walkie-talkie. Actually, Emmett, do you want to explain that just a little bit? Shamrock over? Uh, yeah, I don't mind. Uh, do you want me to use without the translator? Uh, yeah. Okay, so hello everyone, this is Emmett. Uh, and I have a lot of uh, anger. So I can't have a walkie-talkie yet until I get in control of uh, my anger a little bit better. Uh, completely understand it. It also helps me too because I I have some auditory processing overloads 
So having a no walkie-talkie is nice, Emmett over. Okay, Kaleidoscope. Now that we have that covered and you understand a little bit of a, what you're hearing now and a bit of the corrections that we needed to get out of the way. Sweet. So we're going to jump into this part of our podcast. We're going to talk to Blade. Can you hear me? All good and set to go. Yes, yes, I can. Uh, and I have chosen to keep my translator uh, off of this. I speak English uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, but if I do need it, I'll, I'll turn it on. Blade over. Awesome. I'm so excited. Let's go. Okay, so Blade, what kinds of things do you do in your inner world? I want to ask you, what is some of your titles that you have in our inner world? Kaleidoscope over. All right. So here's this is Blade, and I have a few different roles uh, or titles. So I am a band member in uh, Zoletor Vola, which is um, Angelo's band. I am the backup singer as well as I play the harp. Uh, I also am a construction worker. I, I, I don't like using that term because I'm the main architect. So I've designed all the, of the buildings in our inner world. And I have to turn on the translator for this. Sorry. Okay, so this is Blade again. So I also am a... Um, what's wrong? I don't know. I don't know what to call myself. <laughs> in English? I don't, um, just use the R word and then it kind of, Jeroz can translate it. Okay. The translator, I don't like what they say as a translator. Okay. Uh, okay, so I am also a Lomotere, which if Jeroz could uh, translate that, Lomotere, yeah. Oh, uh, okay, so... Basically, he is a lifelong partner with um, Vorin. It's not really the equivalent of getting married, but more like the equivalent of a hand fasting. Uh, when you get married, you know, you say, till death do us part. But a motara is more of a spiritual partnership. You said that so much better than I ever could have. Thank you, Blade. Yeah, see, if I say a motara with the translator on, it says boyfriend which is just not even close <laughs> like i i noticed that duras uh, over I was, I was thinking of that too em and i was like why do i keep hearing boyfriend like that's just not that's not right that's a bad translation <laughs> i'm it over r2 noted i'm gonna have to fix that thank you uh, r2 over <laughs> okay see it's not it's not perfect, Warren. Over. Okay, so yes, so we are a Motere, and we have met each other when we were 16, and I think me and him are going to kind of take over a little bit, so we're going to stop saying over, because we're standing next to each other. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you can tell the difference between our voices, this is Blade, and this is Warren, and I'm not using a translator. Yep. So we met when we were 16. Uh, in the inner world, um, I grew up in the thicket, and that's why I might have a bit of an accent, but I, I left there 
it was too much for me, you know. The thicket is a place where you go to face your fears. Um, I built a house there where you live in it for as long as you can um, and times in which you're, you become weak, the house itself will manifest your fears. And this allows you to start to face them and become stronger even in your weakest moments. It's a little bit uh, messed up, I know, but it has really helped. So one of uh, my personal fears is drowning because I've, I've drowned about three times in our life. And I still can swim because of this house, because I, I've gotten used to, to water now. You know, uh, it randomly will uh, start bleeding water from the walls and then my room will fill up and I'm just kind of floating in water now going, yep. And then it goes away, you know. Uh, so as long as you stay calm through it, uh, it will stop. I've gotten to a point now where it almost never fills. It does not fill my room up anymore, you know. When I first uh, lived in the house, it was almost every day. It, it would fill up very quickly, and I uh, and I had to face drowning. Not physically, but it was more. It's like more like projection. Uh, it's not actually happening, and it's not a flashback either. It's it's like part of the house itself. But uh, some other other altars uh, struggle with this a lot, and we have one altar which I don't know if he's all right with me mentioning his name. I am. Go ahead. All right, uh, Zura. He is a is marknophobic. So he's been living at the house since we were a kid and still has not improved that much. Have you? Uh, honestly, not as much as I would like. No, zero over. Yeah, so I had to leave because there's him and then also uh, Angelo lives at the house in the thicket as well. Uh, and at the time when we were young, Alais too, and there was screaming all the time, you know. You're facing your fears, you're trying to process your traumas. It becomes someone that can live out in the real world to be able to front safely. And I'd, I'd faced my fears and I was done with the house. And so I was like, bye, I can't stay here anymore. I hope you guys do well, but I have to move on now. I'm ready, you know. Um, but I did not know what was outside of the thicket. I did not know how how far it was going to go. And at this time, you know, there was no other structures because I was the one that had built that house. And so I ended up uh, finding a lake where I was drinking the water there. And I thought maybe I would build a home here. I had to try to get all of my own materials and I was alone. Uh, so I got pretty beat up in the process. You know, I was exhausted and I had cuts and bruises and I, I looked like crap. Um, and I had passed out by the lake um, next to my half-built <laughs> house, which uh, which now is actually, I've given it over to Maverick. It's Maverick's cabin now by the lake. And I've, I've moved to a different place, but it's okay if I... Yeah, go ahead. So that was when I had found him at the lake. And yeah, he looked like crap. <laughs> and this lake has these beautiful green stones that are by it. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous teal lake. It's very magical there. I just remember those stones because it was actually the very first time that I'd ever found that lake as well. 
See, from my perspective, I had wanted to travel because I had no one. Where I was, I was one of a regular hosts uh, when we were 16, but there was no inner world that was worth being in, really, because there was no one talking to me. There was nobody around. And so if I went into my inner world, it was just a wheat field. I've even done a full artwork in colored pastel of me standing in the wheat field, but I was always alone. So I said, you know what? What if I just pick a direction and I start walking and we'll see where it takes me. Maybe there's someone else out there. And at the time too, I had started getting into uh, lucid dreaming and little did I know that I was traveling my inner world. I thought I was lucid dreaming. <laughs> the memories I know now are inner world memories, but I definitely chucked them up to being dreams. And I found Blade like all beat up by this lake. And I was like, oh my God, I have to help you. Um, so I like mended his wounds and I helped take care of him. And I do know the plants of our world really well. I can create medicines and make bandages. I know how to create fabrics. So I stayed with him for a few days until he was he was better. But the problem was I couldn't understand literally anything he was saying. Um, yes, I was uh, speaking in shadow to her. Um, and we had this massive language barrier. Uh, when I was able to start working again and, and I was good, well, it, she kind of signed to me and drew a picture that she's she's traveling i was like okay she's traveling so we said our goodbyes and i gave remember giving her a big hug and and then i watched her head away and i think it was the first time i actually cried in my whole life because i don't know what it was about her it was like for the first time i felt cared for and uh that person was leaving and I had no idea if I'd ever see them again and that hurt <laughs> oh my god I didn't know that <laughs> you're gonna make me cry I had started off toward the thicket at that point um I didn't realize that's where I was going to where he had come from but eventually I made it to our wild woods and that's where I met Glow, who is kind of like my sister. She is absolutely amazing, and I love her to bits. And she introduced me to the thicket, which she knew that there was some other people that lived in there, but was terrified to go in there. Like, they had kind of fairy tales or stories about the thicket and that there were monsters in there and to never go in there, which... I think was a way of making sure that the trauma holders were able to stay private and keep the trauma away from the others. I finally found a way in, which actually is very, very, very hard to find if you are not from the thicket. Once you find the path, it's very clear, but to actually find the start of it is a whole journey of its own. And I followed this path for a long time, and then I found a unicorn. And... I was like, holy crap, it's a freaking unicorn. <laughs> and I was like, it's so awesome. I guess you could say I became friends with the unicorn. <laughs> uh, and I, to this day now, know that our unicorn is another altar of ours, which I guess you could say something if he wants to. Born over. Oh, God, yes. So that's me, Zura. 
Uh, I am a unicorn zebra type thing. I guess uh, I'm a shadow fae, but I have since evolved away from having my unicorn horn. But I can still turn into a unicorn, like shift to do a full on badass unicorn. But uh, I tend not to do that that much anymore, sir. <laughs> Oh, but I love his unicorn form. It's so freaking beautiful. More and over. Yes, created by a child's mind. You have to keep that in mind. Zer <laughs> <Zero> over. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, he's like a huge, muscular, badass unicorn. He's not some dainty little, like, tiny unicorn. <laughs> no. I'm actually pretty uh, intense. Zer uh, over. <laughs> yes. So anyway, um, I also couldn't understand what the unicorn was saying, but I recognized the language because it was the same language that I'd heard Blade speaking. And I stayed with Zura. You know, I stayed with him and started picking up on the language because you know, it was as easy as him pointing to something and saying the word and then I'd say the word. And so we started teaching each other each of our own languages. So I was teaching him English and I was learning Shadow and then he took me to the Thicket Cottage, where I stayed there uh, for about two years, which were horrible, by the way. But I understood what was going on, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. My fear is probably 18 plus. I can't really, not sure if I'm allowed to even say it on here. Uh, but I have definitely improved on my fears. I'll just say that before and over. Okay, so at this time, I definitely just lived at Maverick's cabin still for a long time after that. And nobody came by. It was extremely, extremely lonely. It got to a point, though, that I, I felt the way that Vorin did. She said she was traveling. And I, you know what? I was like, I did build this home, but there's no one here. And I needed to explore. I needed to find her. I, I really, honest to God, was like, I'm going to find her. I know she went toward the thicket, so I did head off that way, but by the time that I had gotten there, she was already gone, but I had heard many stories of her stay there, which was really cool to hear third person, just like how the people that I was so close with became close with this person, and the fact that she had started learning Shadow and she had a good three years under her belt, I was like, oh my god, like that is insane. So I headed off in the direction that she had left and started kind of hoping that I'd run into her. Um, but, you know, our, our world is very large. The distance between going walking from the thicket to my cottage is, is a good month's walk. So then I ended up finding where the mansion is now. But back then it was just opulent forest. There was some fey altars that lived in there that I became really, really, really close with. There's some of my best friends now. Um, Durahas and Miku and... yeah. Oh, I should mention, Angelo came with me when I left the thicket. Yes, I did. Yeah. So we ended up traveling together at that point because we became really close friends. And it was like walking into a dream. We found the opulent forest and we were like wow i never want to freaking leave here ever <laughs> it was amazing angelo weird. yeah so we stayed there for a long time but i have to be honest i definitely missed my bed 
it was one of those things where I was like, well, I knew that Blade had built the thicket house and I knew that he'd built the cabin by the lake. The problem was I had no idea how to find the cabin by the lake anymore and I wanted to find him too. I was like, hey, I know someone that can help teach you uh, how to use the other forests outside the Apulin forest to build homes. So I'm going to see if I can go find him, but I'm sorry if I never find this place again. So I went to go pack up to leave and I actually didn't have to leave because I literally was ready to go and I was about to leave and here comes fucking Blade coming into the frickin' uh, opulent forest. And I remember seeing him and just being like, am I dreaming? Is that the same person? And he definitely aged up more. But I saw him and I'm like, is that who I think it is right now? What, what is happening? And he didn't see me. He just kept walking. And I think I was just kind of in shock. And I kind of had like a mental breakdown. <laughs> um, and I don't know why I didn't run after him. I literally remember just like sitting there like, was that him? I don't know what's happening. Um, and I went back to where I, I was sleeping in the forest, which was kind of like this. I, I, I kind of built myself like a little shop thing for my, my vials. It's, it was a, the most terrible and crappiest house ever. Trust me, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> like, like, like the shabby shack. But I had learned a little bit with my stay with Blade and also learning from the other builders that were in the thicket because they also helped build that house. So I learned some things, but my, my building skills are like, I'm a noob, man. <laughs> so I went back into my home and then like three days later I heard the bell at the door and I walked out and I saw him in the middle of my shop and I was like holy sh is he really here he's really in my shop and he's just like hey um Durahas has something for you sorry this is played now yes and actually if you guys have been on my tiktok we told part of this story as part of the opulence story and that is the first time we've revealed that <laughs> but yeah at the time Vorin went by Ty and I went by Warrior but I walked in the house but the real story that actually happened I walked into her shop and I was like hi <laughs> and I said it in English and she like her jaw dropped the first time I'd ever heard him speak English and it was just high but I just like oh my god fangirling so hard and I had no idea what to say and I was just like hi welcome to my shop we have vials and I make potions and stuff and I started like talking um in demon <laughs> I was like oh my god I thought it was sexy as hell I was like holy shit she really does know demon and it, it just, I like fell in love with you all over again that day. <laughs> like, um, but I actually had gone in there to ask her out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I asked her on a picnic and we had gone on a picnic that 
that day. But um, something ended up happening, though, to the Apulin Forest. So we got one date in before things went really bad. I don't know if it was a trauma that happened during this time. Duras, what age were you? Uh, I was 18, Boren. Yes, it was traumas. You know, so it was three years before you guys met each other again. But anyway, when I have gone into flashbacks or certain things happen, I turn into basically a huge dog. It's kind of like a hyena dog thing. I lose sight of myself and I lose sight of those I care about and I destroy everything around me. Um, and I, I destroyed pretty much the almost the entire little town that we had there. I know I completely demolished um, Vorin's shop and a lot of homes. But continue on. Durahas over. Anyway, we had to leave because there was nowhere safe for us to stay at the uh, in the opulent forest because Durahas at the time, he was not changing back, right? Shit happened and I ran uh, because there was nothing else to do. I mean, we all left and it at the time, you know, I had no idea where Blade lived in the opulent forest, or even if he was officially staying there. I lost everyone. I didn't know where Glow went. I didn't know where anyone went. Um, Blade, I started heading back back to the thicket. But for me, see, I started looking for the cabin. Boring. I moved into the cabin and hoped that maybe he would find me there. Emmett lived with me in the cabin for a long time. We kind of became roommates there. Um, and then eventually Maverick showed up at the cabin and so all three of us lived in that in that house yeah then that's when i i found you eventually um i did end up going back to the cabin after being at the thicket for quite some time and i have a song that i really love to play because it reminds me of the moment when i've met her for the third time it's like it's just trying to track you down dang it Ooh, I had a bad habit of going out to the lake and crying. I just cry all the time. <laughs> um, I'm very emotional like that and sentimental. So when I would go out there and I, I sat in the rocks and I would just look at the lake and cry because... It was like, why, you know? I, I missed out on this opportunity to, to know this person. And I was like, well, maybe I should just give up, you know? Like, I have Emmett and I have Maverick. And I kept asking myself, too. I was like, why can't I feel the same way about Emmett and Maverick that I do about this person I don't know when I'm so close to Emmett and Maverick, you know? Okay, so I have to switch over to the real world now. I actually do know what happened at age 18. I do know, I know now. But um, before then and also after then, we had had relationships outer world with other people. Mind you, I didn't have any of these relationships with these people. Um, I knew of them. I was becoming friends with, with one of them. And I don't know if he's going to uh, hear this podcast, but he'll know who he is by the story. But I've recently, literally like two days ago, found out that 
Mia and Blade had fronted together on multiple occasions. Yes, yes. So I was not near her in the inner world. Um, but I was able to get Kokon with her sometimes. Very, very, like, uh, weak Kokon. But I knew it was her. I didn't reveal myself to her because the Kokon was so weak and the amnesia was so high. I could not figure out how to actually get you to freaking hear me. It was so frustrating. So, yes, yeah, so I ended up fronting with her on multiple occasions. And um, there were times where she would be around some of these outer world boyfriends. And I could tell that they were making advances uh, physically. And I was like, mm, if you touch her, I'm going to fucking punch you. And um, there is, was one situation where she was laying in uh, our bed with the uh, outer world boyfriend next to her. And I could tell he was making some advances. And she was definitely not interested. I could tell that she was trying to distract him into other things. And he just was not uh, getting the, the clue, you know. And so it, I got really mad. Uh, he had said something that just pushed me over the edge and I fronted and hauled out punched punched him in the crotch <laughs> um and then I remember Vorin she fronted she freaked out yes and I was like oh my god I can't believe I did that to you I'm so sorry I feel like I just fell asleep suddenly and like my arm dropped because from my perspective it like it went black for a second like I had amnesia you know and then and then suddenly I punched him or like just the oh my gosh it was yeah i put a lot of force behind that there was going to be no advances after that <laughs> and there wasn't there wasn't and you know when he told me this i was like oh my gosh thank you so much because i i i feel like i would have been traumatized Yes, yeah, so there was that situation, and then there was another one with that same person, and then um, at one point, uh, I, I've punched, I uppercutted someone, which I won't get into that story <laughs> too much, but um, <laughs> I have physically hit people when they try to, <laughs> uh, try to do anything with her, and I'm like, oh, she's going to hate me, I'm uh, being a massive cockblock. Yeah, but in reality, I'm like, now I, that I know this, I'm just like, thank God. <laughs> thank goodness. That was, I think, one of the know, knowing about the DID. I didn't know what to call it or how to explain it, but, you know, I started putting the memories that I thought were dreams into a category of, okay, I don't think that's dream versus dreams. I started kind of realizing this divide between the two. And realizing that this outer world was kind of not really my life. Um, and that I related more with this other world that was more of my life. It was really, really a crazy thing to start coming to terms with over time, Warren. Um, yeah, so uh, years went by. Uh, I was able to kind of protect her from afar. And then I uh, was able to eventually make it back to sorry i just i don't know the word what did it say it cabin 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 thank you that's why i kept turning on the translator i it's like talk about it and i can't think of the word uh cabin so i would uh 
I'd go back to the cabin. I saw her crying at the lake. And there's a song that uh, mentions when I found you crying at the lake. And uh, when I found her then, and you know, that was one of the happiest moments of my my life. I went over to her and um, comforted her. And I grabbed one of those stones and I, I put it in my pocket uh, that day. I did not tell her about this, no. So, But we have not left each other's side since then. Um, we've worked together to build the mansion together. I helped design it. Yes. Um, and then after that, we built the White House, which is fun to know that we we'd built the White House. We really loved living at the mansion more. So that's where we live now, is the mansion. But it's cool to find out that eventually someone else found that house, Kaleidoscope, actually. Uh, she lived there. Um, and then later, uh, Scorpion found it. Uh, without knowing Kaleidoscope lived there and they both lived there without knowing about each other for quite some time which is kind of funny but we've been next to each other or with each other ever since then and um, I, I guess I would say we became uh, became close you know what? when was that oh man I hear Shamrock saying, I think it was 21. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it was around the time when Kali, she met our outer world husband, Oren, um, and they were getting married. And I think it kind of inspired us to be like, well, I want to get married. <laughs> you know, I was so happy for Kaleidoscope. Like, she found a really good guy and some of the other altars have also, um, you know, fallen for him as well. So, um, I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. He's 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 cool. We're f we're f like friends. Now, I I don't know him very well, but uh, I'm getting to know him slowly right now. Actually, uh, I've only met him hmm, three three or four times, but I've talked to him a lot from the back. But I mean, like literally fronted and met him. So, me and him get along kind of, but we get into fights sometimes. And I know I can get kind of, I get, you know, I'm like really emotional, so it's, it's hard sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, to wrap up our story, which, well, I guess I think the end of the story is just the fact that Blade and I both have a lot of trauma. And so we've never, like, done anything physically out in the outer world. And I guess our, our way of showing affection was more of gift giving and things like that and it was an amazing moment when he had cooked me amazing meal when I got home from work and he gave me one of the stones the green stone that he put in his pocket the day that he found me and I of course broke into tears <laughs> because I don't know, you, you get, you're with someone for so long, you wonder if they ever think about where you've been and how you got to where you are, and the fact that he still had that stone, hadn't lost it, it just brought back all of the memories, and it was absolutely the most thoughtful and amazing gift I could ever have. <laughs> I'm really glad that she liked it. Um, and I'm planning on uh, sculpting the stone in 
the outer world so that if she's front, she can wear it around her neck. You didn't tell me that. What? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, she's crying again. <laughs> I'm not front, so the body's not going to cry, but I am crying. <laughs> oh, sweet. Uh. <laughs> so, that is uh, our story of how we met, things I do in the inner world. I think that story is a great way of telling you a bit about how my life, my life is like, because... For me, my inner world is my life, you know. I think the only thing I can add to the end of this, which is leads into the next episode, which actually this is good, this is a good segue for our next episode, uh, because as I mentioned earlier, I am the, uh, the translation's bad here. Uh, let me, let's get turned off. Okay, the, um, I am the uh, backup singer, so I end up, I end up meeting, you know, the other guys, Angelo, at the mansion, and <laughs> we became good friends and started uh, making music together. And so that this uh, next uh, next episode, we're going to talk to Angelo uh, and talk about making music in her world and share some of our, our music with you if you want to hear. Um, it's going to be pretty cool, I think. I hope. <laughs> so I hope to see you there. Uh, Blade over. Yes, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our story. And I hope you enjoyed it. It was really fun to tell. And for those of you that know us outer world, it is kind of cool to see how our, our inner world has kind of been affected by outer world situations and boring over. <laughs> All right. Thank you so so much blade and Vorin and everyone that talked today that was absolutely amazing and i have never heard that story before i heard little bits and parts of it and some gossip but it was so much better hearing it directly from you guys thank you so much for ch sharing it with us um and thank you everyone for listening today and i will see you in our next podcast so I will see you in the next one. Kaleidoscope out. Have a good day, everyone. Adoras. Over. <laughs>